1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Inside Access with Jason LaConfora, Ken Wyman, and Tim Barbalace. Sponsored by Stevenson University Online. 1057 The Fan.
3: And he gets the called strike, strike three, the call on Rafaela. So Burns setting the tone early in his first preseason start. It's 316 batting average as he takes the called strike three, back
2: to back strikeouts for Corbin Burns. Drive to center field here, going back is Rafaela. He will leap up and it is gone. Home run for Adley Rutschman it's a fly ball to left field Rozier back and it is gone a walk off two run home run for Rozier and the Orioles will win the Grapefruit League opener 4-3 some sounds from this weekend uh, Orioles 2 and0 in uh pre spring training games I almost called them preseason games spring training games they got split squad games going on right now in Florida and uh quite frankly Jason a lot more good than bad not of yeah I can't think of any really bad offhand unless you want to tell me Jackson Olly not getting a hit yet is a bad but uh, no it's limited bats it's it, like it, it's it's hard to hit a baseball. He'll be fine. But uh, Corbin Burns, nice inning, got a strikeout, wasn't really threatened at all. Some of the other pitchers look pretty good. Yep. Colton Kowser's already walked three times, hit a walk off homer. So a lot of Cedric Mullins looks like he's back, even though like he, he just missed a home run in his first at bat. Yes. Looks like he's back to being Cedric Mullins. Yeah,
3: I, I mean badly. Yeah. Adley home run. Cedric home run. Um Cole Irvin throwing, you know, sitting around ninety-five yeah, miles an that? hour and throwing a cutter about as hard as his fastball topped out at, not sat at, but topped out at last year. Um, that's interesting. Uh yeah, some different arms coming out of the pen. Uh some of these guys that they've recently acquired minor league veterans and, and lower level major league free agents fighting for Bullpen spots are showing up well. How about Enrique Bradfield Jr. making a great play in the outfield yesterday, stealing bases, getting a hit. um, He's a problem. To drive in the game-winning run. Some of his sprint times are already showing up on StatCast as freakish. Kobe Mayo at third base. base—you They they seem like they want to see that out a little more. I'd love to see that work out. Um, Yes, Hope Springs Eternal this time of year, and there's a lot to get excited about and you want to keep things in perspective and these are very much glorified workouts and, and you know, it's, it is the, the very opening stages of free of, of spring training. Um, But there are also certain things that you just see that you just kind of nod and watching Corbin Burns go about his business. That's an ace. He he commands like an ace. He presents like an ace. Um, He can toy with guys. It, it, there is a little extra something, something with a guy like that, and even just knowing he's only going to face three guys, it's only going to be one inning. Uh, he's on point.
2: Yeah, it, it was fun to see him. It was sad. quite frankly, other than the fact that I got motion sickness from watching that. Center yeah, field camera, the, the
3: camera guy needed a V eight. I don't. That's for
2: sure. Here's the problem. He was twitchy. I don't think there was a camera guy. That's the problem. Just swaying in the breeze. Yeah, you, like when, a, when you put a remote camera a remote out there because to the save costs and it's a windy day, that's what you end up with. Yeah, that was rough. Yeah, like, that was not a good showing.
3: And uh, Can't uh, you build a little, like, if that is the case, couldn't you, like, just build a box around it? Yeah. Like a birdhouse around it, like, but not have it empty, you know, like a birdhouse wind could blow through. Like a sturdy birdhouse with drywall. (laughs) Yeah, I'll,
2: I'll say this like, right now. Can't we can't we do that? I'll say this right now. I, I could be wrong, but I don't think there's any way there was somebody manning that camera out there. Like that, 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 that just w- wasn't working for me, and it was rough. And uh, Palm liked to tell us that he wasn't there. Well, he wasn't.
3: He told us on air <laughs> a, a week before they announced the yeah. games that they were even which games they were doing. Yeah. He told us, "I'm doing that first game, and it's gonna be me and Brett, and we're gonna be sitting in a warehouse." Yeah. And I hope I get to meet Jackson Holiday before opening day. That's that's from Cakes, not yeah, us. Yeah, Cakes
2: was Cakes was letting us know that he was not on site. Uh, the radio broadcasters were. But yeah, baseball's back, and uh, there's reason to be excited. Kobe Mayo has two hits today. Uh, Jordan Westberg went deep today. So things continue to be positive around the Orioles.
3: Yeah, I, I mean, when you have an organization, not just a major league roster, but an organization that has – been built to this degree there's just so many different things to keep your eye on especially on a day like this where you've got multiple games going on I mean look Seth Johnson is not a a household name right now by the middle of this season perhaps he may be because this was a kid who was a top 10 prospect for the race before the before he needed Tommy Mm -hmm. John surgery and before the Orioles acquired him in the three-way Trey Mancini trade um and he got a few innings of work in last year. Uh, just a smidge at the end. He from everything we've read, game's not on T V today, but we're following on the various stream um what do they call Trackers or, yeah. or the MLB at bat, but you don't you know, you're you're seeing the uh Cena Perez got rocked. Yeah, well, whatever. But I mean, look. To, to see a Seth Johnson take the bump and throw a couple of innings uh-huh. uh, and get through it, you know, unblemished, is great. Cade Povich walked two in two innings. That's that's the problem is yeah. the walks, but yep. he also got some swing and miss. It's fun just to look at the stat cast to some of this stuff afterwards. But every day there's going to be two or three things that you're going to want to keep your eye on. Grayson Rodriguez, right, tomorrow, I believe, takes the bump. Yes. His first start of the spring. And look. I'm not going to chronicle this on a day-to-day basis, and and I still think the odds of this guy getting through a full season to me seem crazy. But I guess they're still ramping it up for Kyle Bradish, so mm-hmm. we'll just continue to keep an eye on what he does in his side work and how hard he can throw when he builds to a hunt. You know, being able to throw full speed and how many pitches, and that's going to be quite a situation but at least for now it seems to be trending
2: okay and there's another part of this and and i i hate to get my hopes up but he kyle bradish talked to the media was it either saturday or sunday and he's like i feel great no problem i'm planning to get going like like it it, when you hear it out of his or read the words out of his mouth i didn't hear it but i read i read the quotes online you get more excited cuz that's the person himself and it's like i'm i'm waiting for that other shoe to fall to drop excuse me because 8 times out of 10 that's what happens in these situations but man when you hear see him say yeah i feel great i'm 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 ready like let's get yeah. going it you,
3: it almost gives you false hope well but again i think you have to be cognizant of the fact that he's not going out there and throwing real innings no. full bore no, he's I mean, he's in controlled situations, and he's throwing, and he's me, he's moving the distance back. But, like, this is – there's no tension. There's no stress. This is, this is a very different exercise than what he would be asked to do if he had to pitch to a, a major league batter, even in just a spring training game right now. So I'm going to try to remain hopeful, but I'm also a realist to my core, and this doesn't pass my sniff test in terms of them being able to just – manage this all season but we'll see i i would love nothing more than to be wrong about this one but yeah so far so good yeah so there's
2: a lot going on in sarasota we'll keep you up to date on all that hey if the Orioles make a move uh there's still a lot out there on the market yeah scott
3: boris is he caving a little bit we'll get to that later in the show don't worry about that uh but we have a huge monday
2: show bone is at the uh one of these games he's at the game he's at the game in sarasota a Tampa. Tampa. Yeah, he just watched Ceno Perez give up a, a three-run homer. But guess wise, Rob Freeman, you know him. He's the pitching ninjas. All stuffs all over Twitter. And uh, Cole Irvin gave him credit for one of his pitches uh, over the weekend. We'll talk to Rob at three thirty. Hall of Famer. Mark Viviano, he's an IA Hall of oh, Famer. I forgot
3: to put the H. I'm going to write it in there yeah. before I tweet out the rundown. Yeah. We got to put the HOF 24. Yeah. I, I forgot to put that in the rundown. Viv's been it's on vacation
2: bad. so it's the first time that he's joined the show since his induction into the IA inaugural Big class. So we'll talk about uh, him at four. We'll talk to him at four o'clock. Cordell Woodland, will weekly chat with him. We'll talk to and Ravens with him. Two weeks until free agency opens, and Eric DeCosta and John Harbaugh talking to the media at the combine tomorrow. Cordell at five, and Mark Feinsand, at MLB.com, MLB Network Insider, joined us at five thirty.
3: Yeah. Uh, we'll definitely talk to Mark again about the remaining Boris clients in particular, Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery. Could they be headed towards what are basically one year deals with opt outs as well? Yeah. Similar to Boris uh, client uh, Cody Bellinger. Uh, we'll talk O's, Ravens and a little Terps probably with Viv and Cordell Um And yeah, Cole Irvin, again, we don't want to make too much of anything this time of year. Was he at 96? Yeah, I mean, this guy's velo up about three and a half miles an hour and throwing a hard cutter. Um, Well, if you're going to dream, this is the time of year to dream. I'm daring to dream. And Rob Freeman has the inside stuff on Cole Irvin's new stuff. Yeah, so yeah, that'll be
2: fun. Uh, But coming up next... Guys played, uh, Orioles played uh, yesterday and Saturday. We'll hear some sound from Sarasota next here on The Fan.
1: As last year for the switch hitter, Brian Reynolds. Strikeout,
4: two down. The velo was down a little bit, so this offseason took some time and really focused on the velo part of the cutter. So, you know, just the game never stops. The game doesn't stop for you. So you got to keep continuing to innovate and get better and find things that are going to work for your repertoire and, and that, and, and those adjustments to that, to that cutter are going to be really good.
2: You're the highlight courtesy of Sportsnet, And then Cole Irvin talking about upping the speed on his cutter. And as we talked about in the open, Cole Irvin was hitting 96 on the gun and sitting in at 95, which is a huge uptick from what we saw a year ago, Jason.
3: Yeah. I mean, look, what when they acquired Cole Irvin, we thought um, he could eat some innings. We we thought he could be a you know a somewhat steady, solid yeah. lefty starter. It, it turned out that the first few weeks were miserable. He got sent down, you know, earlier than anyone could have imagined. Uh, he he took that in stride and came back and was a useful pitcher for them. But mostly his best stuff out of the pen. I think we had all looked at him as. You know, could he be a Keegan Aiken type? Could he be an Austin Voth type coming into this year? Then 40% of the starting rotation is in, um, what do we call it, limbo, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, pitching purgatory. We don't know when they'll be able to do it for real again. So Cole Irvin's back in the mix. Um, and one of the 40% who's out indefinitely is John Means, the only lefty in the rotation. And then what does Cole Irvin do? Yeah, it was only one day but he starts getting a whole lot of swing and miss with high fastballs that are pushing 96 and a hard cutter that's running in on people and giving them problems. Uh, Is this repeatable? Is is this a blip? We're going to find out. But all of a sudden, I'm a little more interested five days from now, four days from now when Cole Irvin does his work, which I guess would be coming up again around the weekend. I, I mean, look. As bad as everything started last year, would it be crazy to to think that just the opposite happens this year? You know? I maybe not. No, maybe I, not. When they pick these guys up, yeah. they usually have something in mind and Cole Irvin took the demotion to the bullpen in stride. He he worked on some things, he he found better control and he seems to be a diligent guy. So we, we we'll see. Um, you couldn't have asked for a better debut than that. Let's go to Mike Elias, who spoke, of course, the Orioles GM,
2: spoke to the broadcast crew of Masson during the Red Sox game, and he says you have to look way back for a minor league rise like Jackson Holliday.
4: Yeah, I think as um, fans will see, he's a very polished, poised young man. Um, he What he did in the minors last year getting to AAA uh, while starting in A-ball is something that I have to look back to, like, the 80s or early 90s to see another 19-year-old American high school kid move through the minor leagues that quickly. So it says a lot about how polished he is as a player and the head on his shoulders. Um, we feel that he's got a, a clear shot here to try to make the team. He's here trying to make the team, like, any NRI, and um, you know we, we we're it's it's one of the more fun things and a very fun camp to have Jackson here at the stage that he's at in his career.
2: NRI non-roster invite. Yes. Uh He makes a good point. Like usually the young guys are, are Latin American kids that come yep. through the system. This is a, this is a high school kid who's making trying to make a huge jump.
3: Yeah. I, I look, he he. We know he understands how to comport himself, and he knows what it is to be in a major league clubhouse and he's clearly mature and wise beyond his years dedicated to his craft um last year he hung around a long time there wasn't any pressure though right it was a little different last year nobody mm. was talking about him making the team the question was would he start at low a or high a and he he didn't look out of place no this year it is it is a different set of circumstances uh, I'm not going to obsess about the production. You know, he looks the part at second base. He got They threw a runner out, took the throw from Adley. I think they're going to play him mostly at second base. Um, worked a walk today. Like, he just needs to stay relaxed and be himself. And he'll make this baseball team. And if for some reason he doesn't, that's not the end of the world either. No, I
2: completely agree. I, I expect him to make the team, but if he doesn't, he's going to be here at some point soon. So I don't think there's that much of a worry. More from Mike Elias. Kyle Bradish, of course, we talked about him in the open and what's going on with him and his throwing program. Well, he talks about the options with Bradish.
4: Yeah, that's all a part of the equation. And, um, you know, after we give somebody non operative treatment, whether it's PRP or just rest, uh, usually there's some imaging to check up on things. And uh, you know, things are in an improved state, which is uh why we're greenlighting the throwing program and getting it moving. So uh, again, I I uh fingers crossed, um we hope that this plan will work, but uh you know there's still a lot of time and a lot of uh a lot of work left.
2: Well, he see they they've greenlit the throwing program, but as he also said, there's a lot to get to before we get to him pitching for the Orioles.
3: I, I'm gonna Keep my fingers crossed. And, you know, if you're into prayer and novenas and all this (laughs) stuff, I I would say it it, it certainly can't hurt. Um, An elbow is just different than the shoulder. It's different from a wrist. It's different from almost anything when it comes to a pitcher. And these guys are very bright. And they're going to try to manage this as best they can. Um, And and I, I hope they're able to thread this needle. But this very much feels to me like trying to thread a needle.
2: More from Mike Elias, and he says he's, he's
3: optimistic about Bradish.
4: Things are going really well. He's throwing, and we're extending his throwing on flat ground, kind of on a session-by-session a, uh, session basis. And right now, the early reads on the PRP treatment that we did and how his throwing is going thus far are all very positive. So, uh, you know, it's something that's going to take some time. Um, and we're certainly not over the hump with anything, but we feel like we have things moving in a really positive direction. He's feeling good, and he's going to put the work in, and we're all very uh, yeah, optimistic yeah. at the moment.
2: The bad news is most of the time this doesn't work out. The good news is, is once a blue moon, it does work out.
3: Yeah, and, and again, I have no doubt that these guys um, will put as much thought into it as anybody. They'll consult with as many smart people uh, specialist as possible look I, I'm sure <laughs> that Kyle Bradish coming off the year that he had and on a team that this much is expected mm. of wants nothing more than to pick up where he left off And, and so shove, yeah. he'll be game and he'll be up for it
0: call from mom answer it call silenced Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game that's why they make ordering from your couch easy
3: It's a, it's a UCL. Yeah. Any sort of issue with a UCL is going to um, create a fair amount of skepticism about the ability to navigate it without a scalpel being involved.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm not a prayers person, but I'm 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 keeping positive about Kyle Bradshaw and hopefully the good news continues. One more from Mike Elias. Uh, he discusses the growth of this team since 2019.
4: Yeah, it's pretty cool to see uh, where we're at as we come into this spring training, and you've got Corbin Burns on the mound and Jackson Holiday, and Adley Rutschman is up and established, and it's just, you know, we're in a very good spot in the Orioles franchise right now. There's a lot to look forward to this season and beyond, and we just want to keep this group healthy here in spring and, and get our work in.
2: Michael Iska getting his own theme music Got there at the, end of the, at the end of the cut. And it is amazing. And then even on a year like last year where they didn't draft high, they get this kid Bradfield who is already making a little bit of noise at spring training.
3: Love him being able to just start to show his natural talent. I'm letting that pour forth in the field on the base paths, And, again, slap the ball. You can beat out a lot of mm-hmm. infield hits. So, yeah. Um, one of the kids I'm most excited about ge- being able to see on a regular basis throughout, um, I think he'll be in the high minors in short order. Yeah,
2: he's um, a advanced college kid. The question is, can he hit in the major leagues?
3: Yeah, which you won't know for sure until he gets to the major leagues. Yeah. But if he shows solid exit velocities and he's getting extra base hits, doubles, you know, that's that that kind of stuff. If he's doing that, double A, triple A, that's a pretty good sign hey uh well, let's play one more ryan cut
2: 16 uh colton Cowser taking what he learned last year
4: yeah i think it's great just to build off of it whether it was it could have been good or bad but i think always coming in with some big league experience is beneficial um gonna kind of treat it as a learning experience and uh you know it's really i think i've said this before but um it's really only kind of a failure if you let that consume you and not learn from it and uh that's something that I'm looking forward to do this year.
2: This will be one of the really cool stories because, remember, he got here last year and he got the hype video yep. and all that, and then it felt like it was too big for him. And uh, he's gotten off to a nice start this spring. It would be an amazing story if this is like if he took everything he got and now all of a sudden he looks like the kid they thought he was or we thought he was.
3: Yeah, and look, how this math works and, and you know, what kind of a workload they think he needs and could, could he get be able to play the outfield every day up here. Could he do that on the same roster as Heston Kershaw? Um, we got a lot of time to to figure that out. But few players, I think, needed uh, a positive start to build some confidence at this level more than Colton Cowser, and um, he had great at bats yesterday, and obviously that home run. Um, you know, look, it, it's spring training. It does. No one's going to remember this in three months, but they celebrated you had a walk off you feel good going to the park the next day absolutely
2: hey coming up next we continue our ravens position reviews we take a look at the safeties i'm thinking it's going to be pretty positive that's next here on the fan inside
0: Inside. access
2: on second down pass deflected picked off
4: Kyle Hamilton
2: for it as Smith goes down the field and it's intercepted. No, uh, not it's again. Gino to Gino as Stone comes away with it. And he's doing a great job reading the quarterback's eyes and gets another one.
3: Well, you just love to see any players grow. You know, anytime you have a player that you're around that grows and uh reaches their expectations or play above their expectations is always a wonderful thing as a coach. That's why we're in this profession. You know, it's it's you get the guys, you uh, you start to have a relationship with them, build a relationship with them, but it's all about no matter who you coach, you want them to be the best versions of themselves on a consistent basis. So it doesn't matter if I was there with them or places before or being here in Tennessee, our main focus is, is allow the players to be the best versions of themselves.
2: Heard the highlights, Kyle Hamilton's pick six versus Cleveland. You heard Geno Stone pick off Geno Smith, something we called that week. Uh, we called yes. it Geno on Geno. Yeah, one of his seven interceptions. And then Denard Wilson, now the uh, defensive coordinator in Tennessee. We had him on last week talking about the growth of these players, and those were the positives. Kyle Hamilton became a first team all pro. He looks like he's molding into a superstar. Geno Stone had seven picks and probably is pricing himself out of Baltimore because they have Marcus Williams under contract. And you gotta hope he stays healthy.
3: Yeah. Um you know, I, I in hindsight, you you'd love to have all the Williams guaranteed money been paid out in the first two years and not have that like mm-hmm. five and a half, six hanging out there next year, which makes it obviously much more difficult to just cut the player or or to trade him for for more value. Um and yeah, I have a hard time seeing Gino Coming back. It, it was great to have that three safety coupling. Sure. Um, there's a lot of interchangeable parts there, uh, but he's going to get paid off of seven interceptions, and somebody else will be looking at him as a guy who could be playing 75 plus percent of the snaps. Where once Kyle Hamilton and Williams both were back and healthy and Williams settled in, you know, Gino was kind of getting in where he fit in a little bit more in dime stuff, but wasn't always on the field. Um, I can't wait to see what's next for Kyle Hamilton. Sure. And, and, you know, I kind of feel like there was a projectable path for him with McDonald and now with a new coordinator, and not just a new coordinator, but a whole bunch of other new coaches on that staff. Like, I I don't know that, you know, they might be just trying to kind of keep things in status quo and get as close to what they were doing as possible. Um, that might be what you aspire to in your first year versus where they already were with McDonald going into year three, which was going to be, I think, even more new asks, new responsibilities, new tweaks, new looks, new position group couplings, new assignments. Yeah. Um. Hey, they've seen a whole lot of this from this look. We're going to mix that up now. You know, I don't know that this new staff comes in and is, is doing that kind of stuff. I still believe this kid can make even more plays on the ball, can be put in positions to make plays on the ball playing in the deep third. Um there's there's not really any doubt about that now. He's an amazing chess piece. Uh He's a bit of a unicorn. Yeah. He's a bit of a unicorn. Because he's who's also just a screen scratching buster. the surface.
2: He's a screen buster. Like you can't run screens to his side if he's near the line of scrimmage cuz he just blows up who, who's ever there to block it.
3: Yeah, no, he he, in the second half of the season, he was a disruptive force no matter where he was. But I still think you could blitz him a little bit more. Mm -hmm. But even, okay, if you do that, then you're sacrificing him in in safety. You can't. One thing you can't do is you can't clone him. Um, But this was a real strength for them. And if we're looking at these position groups, yeah, you'd have to give them an A for last year. There's no two ways about it. A backup safety almost led the league in interceptions. Yeah. But as we move forward, that guy's not here. You know, the other guy's a year older. And let's face it, if he gets hurt again, you're not going to keep going down this road with Marcus Williams. No. So you all of a sudden, safety becomes a bit of, of a need. And with a Kyle Hamilton about to make crazy money, yeah. you're not signing. Your days of chasing the Weddles and the Earl Thomases and the Marcuses and free agency are over. So it wouldn't shock me if they drafted one. I told the bone the year they drafted Kyle Hamilton, I think they're going to draft Kyle Hamilton. Yes, you did. He lost his mind.
2: Yes. Turned Seems out to happy be now.
3: a hell of a move. Um, You know, and I'm still intrigued by a guy. like I like Daryl Worley. So do I. Know I. It was I was a about lost to ask season you about him. him. Yeah. But – And I know he's not 22 years old anymore, but he's a useful chess piece to me, too. And I wonder if he is a guy who can be kind of put into that genome
2: mold. Oh, by the way, you mentioned uh, new staff. The Ravens did officially announce some hires today. Mark DeLeon is the inside linebackers coach, replacing Zach Orr, became the defensive coordinator. Dennis Johnson comes from Baylor as the D-line coach, replacing Anthony Weaver, who went to the Dolphins. Doug Mallory becomes a defensive back coach. He comes from Michigan, replacing uh, 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 Denard Wilson, excuse me. And Travell Wharton is the assistant offensive line coach. So those are the four the four hires that we know of,
3: right? Uh, look, all, the focus is going to be on defense. Uh, the bar was set incredibly high there. Uh, a lot of the key components are gone. Uh, I think that's going to be players and coaches. When all said and done, and and this everything comes out in the wash in free agency, uh, and there's still going to be a great core of talent there. But but these guys are going to be tested again. They're the AFC is not getting any weaker, and the quarterbacks are legit, and, (laughs) you know, look, I'm not a huge Aaron Rodgers guy, but he might play next year, and maybe he's kind of sort of okay, you know? I think for the Colts, Anthony Richardson could be better than Gardner Minshew, like you just start looking at where these teams already are, you know, like... If New England gets the kid from LSU, third overall, guess what? Jordan he's, Daniels. He's coming in day one, and he's yeah. way better than Mac Jones. So even some of these teams in this conference that didn't have him before, like mm, a couple of them are, are are going to upgrade. Like there's no doubt about it. If the Pittsburgh Steelers get Justin Fields. Jaden Daniels. I said Jordan. Jayden, yeah. If the Pittsburgh Steelers get, get Justin Fields, look out. That's a huge upgrade for them. So. Yeah, this defense is is going to have to continue to evolve, and um, I, I, boy, I just from safety position on, it, it's going to be hard for these guys to do what they did. It's going to be really hard to replicate last season
2: defensively. I, I want to go back to the Worley of it all, who's a cheap guy, but he he did play well when he was healthy a year ago, and probably. I would think is in the mix to back up Williams and and Hamilton. He should be. Yeah, like I, I didn't when he was on the field a year ago, he did not embarrass himself. No,
3: no, I like the body type. He's got some long levers. I mean, he can be handsy, maybe a little too handsy, but I'd rather have a guy be too physical than not physical at all. He can hold up in the run game. Like I, I, I think he's a useful player for them.
2: The flip side is, our Darius Washington does not have the size. No. but they but they like him yeah. and and he played a year ago got hurt and then they brought him back he played in the
3: playoff game well and he's someone too if 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 they lose some depth at corner and if they're not in a position where Marlin is moving inside and if they do want to drop Kyle Hamilton back more into a traditional, you know, we're in cover two, he's in halvesies, he's playing more center field or, or split, whatever. He's playing more in the deep third. And let's say Arthur Millette isn't here, and let's say Darby's not here, then, I mean, our Darius may find a niche in a lot of these packages in the yeah. slot.
2: Yeah, he's a guy that he, not trust me. I'm not comparing him to Hamilton, but he's kind of a guy that can play safety, can play nickel. Like he, you can use him as a backup kind of chess piece.
3: Kind I'd of say thing. he's more like a poor man's Brandon Stevens. Yeah, baby. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, and I remember, there was a time where they thought Brandon Stevens was going to toggle between yes. corner and safety and play a lot of slot. That time was training camp a year yeah. ago. <laughs>
2: Like it was, it was thirty yeah.
3: seconds ago. They said it we, out loud.
2: Yeah, they're like a training camp. We don't know if he's safety, he's a corner, and then he became the best corner on the football team. Yeah. it was funny how that worked out. Hey, coming up next, and we got some news concerning some of these running backs. Some uh, Josh Jacobs news, uh, which is positive in this respect. Could the Ravens be in to the running back market? Could they be interested? We'll give you our thoughts next here on the fan.
4: Well, they could add a playmaker we're talking about a potential running back they're looking okay. at some of the top guys saquon derrick henry deandre swift they're at least doing the leg work price point could be an issue baltimore is typically not a big spender especially that position but there are five or six really good players and the running back market has suffered in recent years so they could maybe wait out see if somebody falls down to them at the right price range and could get an elite guy i talked to somebody with the team though who admitted could you imagine saquon barkley Lamar Jackson,
2: That's same backfield for the running game. Jeremy Fowler on ESPN talking about someone in the building looking at Saquon Barkley and Lamar in the same backfield. Also, there's a lot of smoke out there, Jason, and, and, and it's being reported that none of the big running backs are being franchised. No Josh Jacobs, no right. Saquon Barkley, no Derrick Henry, no Tony Pollard. Not a surprise there. There's a lot of smoke out there that the Ravens will be interested in a big-name running back, but I'm also reminded – is there any team in football, and maybe we're too close to this to, to know the answer to this, but is there any team in football that loves misinformation as much as the Ravens do? And that would, to me, that it would be behoove them to put it out there that they're interested in running back when they may not be.
3: Yeah, I, I mean, look, everybody deals in subterfuge and uh, BS, especially certain times of year and heading into free agency and then a month later heading into the draft mm-hmm. certainly applies more than most times of the year. Uh, I, I'll continue to make the case for them upgrading at running back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, they've got a much better shot of getting bang for their buck there than anything they've done at receiver. I think there's a natural way to run your team out of 12 and 13 personnel more and a little less out of 11, and if you can find a running back – whose presence on the field is not an indicator one way or the other whether you're running or passing or whether you're running inside or whether you're running outside. Um, If this guy is just a true three-down back, I think he can help disguise some intent and and take this offense to another level, especially if it's someone who, let's be real, you're going to chew up and spit out in two years. Mm-hmm. And that's the reality of whatever this contracts are for these guys. No, nobody's going to get franchised because they barely got franchised a year ago, and now you got to give them a fi- they got to give them a twenty percent raise on yeah. top of that. Yeah, it's fi- almost fifteen million. So that's not happening. Um, look. Saquon Barkley I haven't been able to stay healthy. I, I I'm not going there. Derrick Henry's done. If you want to go get do something and you could get Josh Jacobs, I mean maybe you could get him for what amounts to 18 million plus incentives for two years. Nine and nine. Mm-hmm. Like with, with reasonable incentives. Now you add void years, so that I'm not talking about a nine million dollar cap hit per year. But I honestly feel like I would be I'd rather them do that. For, what is he, 25? Mm -hmm. Then even go out, and and we talked about this on Friday. We did our six packs of cap cuts, cap casualties. Josh Jacobs is a free agent. He's not a cap casualty. He wasn't a part of that exercise. And that exercise, I had Keenan Allen number one. Mm -hmm. And it probably would take Odell money to get Keenan Allen here for one year. Would I rather do that or have two years of Josh Jacobs for similar money? I'd rather have two years of Josh Jacobs. Like, you could sell me on that more than a lot of this other stuff.
2: It's interesting, just for what it's worth. I've talked to two people independent of each other who seem to know what's going on, have a good idea what's going on in that building, who both think this is real. That they, if the money comes down, I was told if one of these guys gets under $10 million, like they think they would make a run at them. So, like, it. it and there's the stuff about, and we heard this at the deadline, that the Ravens were talking to the Titans about Derrick Henry, and the, the Titans seemed to be into it, but then the owner nixed it.
3: Uh, I mean, if you want to get Derrick Henry at six, you could probably do that. I don't think anybody's going to be in play for him. Yeah, These other guys, I, I think you're probably looking at them trying to get as close to what they got last year sure. as possible. Now, is nine under eight? It is. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is. But are you going to get them at eight? Or again, six? I I don't, I don't think so. I would be stunned. Um, if I'm them, I'm just waiting and waiting and waiting and thinking. Eventually, somebody will um, give me at least what I made a year ago. One more running back on the market, Austin Eckler. Who? Was um, it? Uh, yeah, he I'm, looked done. That's, dumb that's this a hard year. pass for me. He looked done this year. He didn't. He looked done the year before that too. Yeah. Running the ball. I mean, he could still catch it, but and I know that's not a great offensive line. But no, I don't want any part of that. Look. To me Josh Jacobs is in a different class because he he's wasn't young. he's younger, he's been more durable. He only he only play, really played 1 year at Alabama, so he he didn't get beat up all through college the way most of these kids are. And frankly, he's been underutilized. If you, as bad as the Raiders have been through his totality, <laughs> like I ran the numbers once, their record when he carries the ball 18 times or more was ridiculous. Didn't happen as often as it should because yeah. they were behind early in a lot of games. The defense was horrible. And let's face it, the offensive coordinators he's been with um, not great. were no good. Yeah. Uh, and I get that he's not always on the field on third down, but you don't have to take him off the field on third down. And in this offense, he, he could catch 50 balls. There's no doubt in my mind. And I, I'm old enough to remember this year, earlier this year, he
2: was running all over the Chiefs in the first half of a football game. Yep, like that. That happened. They they were up. What were they up? Like seventeen nothing early in that game, and the Chiefs came back to beat them.
3: I mean, I I think you know. And again, when we're what we're talking about, if this is someone you think's going to touch the ball, I mean, if you think he's going to average, let's just be conservative, sixteen carries a game, and you think he's good for four or five catches a game, and you're getting him at nine million dollars, and if he's durable and he plays most games, just start doing the math. How much is he going to touch the ball versus one of these receivers? Yeah. Oh. Well, unless- Especially if you finally do have two tight ends on the field as much as you should. And you're getting them the ball too the way Lamar likes to get the ball to tight ends. I And like Pat Ricard for me, I ain't cutting Pat Ricard. Pat Ricard was a big, big part of this thing. He makes a lot of things go. But when he's on the field, obviously that means one of those receivers most often isn't. So I, I think... It wasn't that long ago that they got Ingram at six.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: What was that? Five years ago? Now, twenty nineteen. 2019, 2019. Five years ago. Yeah. So to me, Ingram two years for twelve. Then before the cap went crazy like this, Josh Jacobs two years at essentially eighteen plus incentives in present day money. Mm-hmm. That doesn't feel that no. different to me. No, it
2: does not. You're not. But just to reset, you're not interested in Henry or Saquon. I'm and definitely Saquon.
3: not interested in. I'm not interested in Henry at all. Okay. I, just, I think that's a diminishing... Like, he's his, he's falling apart. Even in this offense. And I'm just playing devil's advocate. Yeah. I think you... I think it'd be pretty... I think you have Derrick Henry in this offense. I think you're going to get Gus Edwards production. I don't think you're going to get tremendously more than that. I think he'd be the same guy. With pay, getting paid a lot more money. Yeah, he would get paid a lot more. And... Boy, oh boy! I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to pay a running back with that many touches under his belt. I just don't. Inside access here
2: on a Monday. Remember, it's a bone out Monday. He, he'll be out tomorrow as well. Back on Tuesday. Coming up next: Terps at Rutgers, laying the lumber to the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Is this something that they can then learn? I guess replicate as they move towards the Big Ten tournament. We'll discuss next here on the Fan
1: Inside Access.